Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. And let's face it, health is all of our business, and innovation and improvements uh, are so crucial. And uh, recently, there's I, I found a very interesting uh, story uh, in a course, uh, I think most people did, about who wins which Nobel, Pri- Nobel Prize for what. And uh, the Nobel Prize for Medicine, uh, in particular, which was directed, co- connected directly with what happened with the development of the vaccine to fight COVID, uh, was a uh, centerpiece in that. And on the show today, Dr. Casey, he, he is a longtime regular on the program, former chief economist for the President's Council of Economic Advisors and professor of economics at the University of Chicago. Uh, he joins us today. Always glad to have you on the program. Uh, what's really interesting about having you on about this topic is that your time in the White House was directly correlated with the development of the vaccine that essentially won the Nobel Prize. And so you have a unique perspective. And as always, welcome to the show. Yeah, hi, Kevin. Yeah, glad to be here. The um, two uh, scientists who developed the technology that, that the vaccine uh, made the really vaccine fairly easy thing once they laid out the technology, they won the Nobel Prize in medicine. Um, a lot of the Scientists were ignoring them for a while, uh, so there was that barrier. But then, like all kind of scientists who invent something, it's not ready for the patient yet. There is a government bureaucracy standing in the way, and under normal operation of our government, that their uh, invention wouldn't have happened in time for the pandemic. The pandemic was a temporary thing, and the usual year-and-a-half, two-year delay would have meant people wouldn't have gotten the benefit of that invention, and maybe they wouldn't have gotten the prize. Um, and like you said, I, I worked in the White House. Our uh, economic team were, was looking at economic policy during pandemics, before the, this pandemic, and we, we didn't help invent it. We made sure that this time the government wouldn't get in the way. So we had laid out a deregulatory program for pandemics before this pandemic came. Yeah, Operation Warp Speed is what it's known for. And, uh, yeah, I think it's really fascinating. It's interesting to see what happened. Uh, uh, Dr. Weisman and Frico uh, were were the two recipients of that, and uh, it's just fascinating to see how that unfolded. And, of course, there's been very little talk uh, around the uh, award, um, which total props to both of them, but very little talk about how an environment and an economic culture made this possible. I notice the media is not going there much. You know, that's right. Um, And it's... We were lucky. We shouldn't have had a pandemic, but we had a pandemic at a time, at a rare occasion when deregulation was the norm and already planned for. Um, it's not the norm. It uh, wasn't the norm before that. It's not the norm right now. Indeed, you know, just last week, the Food and Drug Administration, who uh, is supposed to approve all these things, and they do, though, is at typical government speed, they 
um, have inserted themselves, I think, against the statutes that Congress have laid out and also getting in the way of tests. So <laughs> if somebody develops an algorithm for studying your spit to see what conditions you might have, you can't do that. That's against the law until the FDA says it's okay. I mean, it's one thing to say you need FDA approval to put something in your body, but now you need FDA approval to spit in a cup. And this is, uh, you know, a power grab, and it's harmful for health for some of the same reasons that a lot of these other regulations harm health. Yes, it definitely has a lot more to do with control than it does safety, and that is so typical of uh, government. And uh, it's fascinating to think about what it would have been like. Yes, you know, I've been very critical of uh, of uh, President Trump. I'm no fan, but it comes to the temperament required to be president and his temperament. But I, I think about how horrific it would have been if we had a bureaucrat like Hillary Clinton or a bureaucrat like Joe Biden. I, I remind people, Joe Biden uh, is involved in politics on a national level. A state senator when Richard Nixon was president of the United States. And people with... with of history, both Biden and Clinton fundamentally believe that government is the solution to problems. And either one of them had been in the White House when this was going on. We never would have gotten a solution. We may be importing, you know, drugs from China to navigate this. And uh, so, with all my criticism, the situation would have been far worse. I think if the other alternatives have been in the White House when it comes to. Uh, dealing with COVID. I mean, the other problem that we had was um, this was a policy problem, and one uh, my team should have anticipated, but we didn't, was, you know, yeah, getting out of the way of the freedom of people to try new technologies, um, but th it should have been their choice, uh, the freedom to try it and also the freedom not to try it. And mm -hmm. it was a terrible policy to say that federal employees would lose their jobs, that employers, uh, if you work for an employer more than 100, you're going to lose your job um, unless you take this new new thing. Uh, this should have been a matter of choice. Um, they politicized it. Um, they suppressed information about it. And that itself is dangerous for health. Um, you know, have something new is especially important time to be able to talk about the pros and the cons and help people make educated choices, and um, that's been another step backward. Yeah, and the same thing, the availability of drugs for trial purposes. You know, uh, they, you, you've got people who are literally dying. They, we know what's going to happen, sometimes in weeks, uh, you know, but even if it's just a couple of years, and they're really asking for hope and for uh, a better uh, outcome, they know they're not going to get if they don't try something. It's really hard in spite of the fact that, you know, again, the Trump administration made progress in that, uh, that area, but it's still way too hard for us to get human testing when humans want to be tested because it's literally their only hope. Right, and, and especially, you know, we have made progress on diseases like heart disease, and so, you know, cancer is the next frontier, and one of the things that we found is if you detect it early, 
it, that's a big advantage for the patient, and it saves money. I mean, it, it's just a win-win early detection, um, and people should have the option to to take these kind of tests. But that's as of last week, that's not the Biden administration policy. You can't. Uh, you can only try the old tests that the FDA has had time to uh, work through. Anything else is illegal. Which is shocking when you consider his own son died of cancer, Bo, and he made one of his biggest commitments, which I found one of the few things he said that, uh, you know, uh, was really exciting, which was to be much more aggressive in finding a cure, particularly for cancer. Uh, wanted to uh, wage a war on it is what we heard, and he had a very personal, empathetic story uh, when you include his son, Bo. But in the end, it, it's pretty much business as usual. Or, or step backward. It's even business yeah. as usual, at least you, you could do the test. You couldn't take a new pill, um, you know, and things like that. But, yeah, at least you could take a test without FDA approval. Not anymore. Not anymore. It doesn't make any sense. It's, it defies logic. And, again, a lot of this stuff is, uh, you know, uh, paternal government government being no letter than you. That is probably illegal, so it may get overturned, and we can be hopeful of that, but um, you don't want to have to wait for your last line of defense on these bad policies. Yeah, absolutely. Talk a little bit about uh, the fact you did a, a, an article recently in the Wall Street Journal about this. Well, what were some of your objectives and what were some of the takeaways that you were offering uh, that you hope would uh, would go with the reader? Well, we uh, I told the story, which we've had in your program, it might have been a year or two ago, um, of how we, a little bit by luck, we had personnel there, experts on the economics of vaccines, of, of, of infectious disease, we, we had kind of the skill set standing there, and we bumped into the national security people across the hall, and they were worried about maybe our enemy would unleash a virus on it, or maybe on us, or maybe it would come from an animal. One of those, and they were concerned. You know, that's a security problem, and we said, you know, that's an economic problem. Let's study it together, um, and we did that. Um, and, and I talk in the article how, how excited President Trump was. Um, so the study actually landed. It lasted maybe six months longer than it would have otherwise because we were fitting into his schedule. And he put out an executive order in September 2019, so COVID wasn't around yet, um, saying you know what were his policies were going to be when we had a pandemic and vaccine was going to be important if it came quickly and the government uh, got out of the way. Yeah, yeah, and that. Very important quality uh, policy that was a game changer has largely been shelved under this administration. Yeah, Operation War Speed is no more. Uh, that was canceled when Biden uh, took office, and he's rolled back various deregulations, reimposed uh, FDA regulations, and also, as we discussed today, they even created new ones. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, yeah, I don't even know where to follow up with that. We did a pretty good job of covering this. We we deserve and need a better way. Uh, and, again, eliminating barriers between people 
and uh, what's necessary to get better should be crucial. Doesn't mean we want to go, uh, you know, unchecked and and and, be, and just try whatever. Um, but at the same time, what we have is a, is an environment that is stifling innovation in a place where uh, innovation is literally like a death. Yes. So. Very good. As we wrap it up, uh, why don't you give us an update of other things you're working on there at the University of Chicago, some stuff we can expect from you. Um, we've also been working on uh, the petroleum industry, and we're concerned that technological change, which has been so amazing um, in that industry in the past, might not be continuing in the future. It's going to look more like the nuclear industry where research and development kind of stopped, um, which would be a shame because it's so important for so many people to have uh, access to energy. I have no problem beating both up. There's huge problems with both parties and uh, the major leaders of those parties, but Again, this is a guy who really has never marketplace, never needed to develop innovation, never needed to to do the kind of things that entrepreneur thing do to make things better. He's always again back when Richard Nixon was president. That's a long time ago. You know that, Casey. <laughs> when Richard Nixon was president, he was serving in the U.S. Senate. He never created an environment of entrepreneurship business creation, and it's so, uh, you know, it should be absolutely no surprise that he doesn't know what to do in those fronts, and the fact that all of his training was to prohibit and regulate those things rather than unleash them. We uh, actually, maybe we can give a link for your webpage. We did a study of the private sector experience on the Biden administration, not just the president himself, but all the major staff members, um, and there's very, very few people with um, type of entrepreneurial private sector experience. The norm is government experience, as you mentioned, and nonprofit. Um, but trying to uh, create a business, discover new products, make old products better, that's not something they're familiar with. Yeah, a great example is the uh, uh, FTC chair, who uh, is, what, 36-year-old con? I like to say the wrath of con uh, on a constitutional <laughs> policies. 36 years old, you know, uh, and has zero. All of her experience is academic and activism. That's her entire experience. Knows nothing about what she's trying to regulate. That's really terrifying. And you can see how that... Uh, inexperience shows up with the type of lawsuit she's pursuing against the company pursuing them, all of which have, have largely been anti-consumer. So I would love that link. That would be a great, uh, great resource. All right, uh, Dr. Casey Mulligan, love having an audience with the University of Chicago. We will have a link uh, to that uh, resource over at priceofbusiness.com. And you're listening to The Price of Business.